Hey everyone, this is Florence Bremer. Welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a weekly podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for over 20 years. Throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. This podcast is part four of my series that I didn't know I would be starting this series five weeks ago, but it's part four of the COVID-19 slash coronavirus crisis. So I wanted to talk to you about my week because it gives you an update on what's happening in the courts. So for the most part, the courts are basically shut down. They're still essential services. So there's staff in the court. Things can get filed. But the courts are basically telling people, stay away. All jury trials have been canceled sort of for the indefinite future, um, at least a few months out. Um, In-person hearings are canceled, except for one that I had this week, which I'll talk about in a moment, because I'm guessing maybe there's some attorneys that maybe still have some in-person hearings, and I weirdly had one this week that went for a two-day stretch. Um, So let me talk, let let me start over. I'm going to start over with um, kind of how I'm doing my week, and this is a recap from last week as well. So basically how I'm doing things is I get up at six in the morning, I head to my kitchen table, I have coffee, I check my emails, I go through any paperwork I have at home, try to work on some projects while it's quiet. Usually my grandson gets up around that time, so he'll be having breakfast. So it's a lot of just going through emails. I really can't get any substantive work done. But it does let me know what's going on for the rest of the day. I've had a lot of telephone meetings, like a lot, um, on both Monday and Wednesday. I had several, and I go into the office mainly for the telephone meetings because my office is self-contained, and it's just basically another extension of my house in a way. Um, and um, my legal assistant has been coming in, doing some things, um, but for the most part, the office is, is basically closed. All right, and it's closed to the public. While we're there, the door is locked. Um, people will knock. We'll kind of talk. It's so, it's so weird. It's just weird. Kind of talk to them through the door, sometimes take documents from them, and that's basically how um, I handle my week. And then um, I do more going to the office like in the middle of the day. In my mind, (laughs) I'm trying to get home by early afternoon. Um, But two days last week, I got home relatively late, like between five and six. And which is crazy because it sounds like the the rest of the world is at home and they're kind of stuck there and they're doing Netflix binges and watching movies, and I just really haven't been able to do that. And don't get me wrong, I'm blessed. I have work to do. But it's um, 
it's kind of discombobulating. It's like, okay, the, and it must be, it must be how the people in the grocery stores and medical places feel. Um, obviously I'm not in a situation where I'm dealing with people who have COVID-19, but uh, like a medical professional, but I'm just talking about in terms of the scheduling where it seems like the rest of the world's at home and then you're out there working. So it, that's been kind of odd too, because I feel like most people are at home in a way that's made me busier because I think people are thinking about either estate planning or maybe uh, getting something going on a family law matter or a civil matter. And um, now they have some time to actually think about it. So I've had to be very available. A lot of it's just consultations. I mean, that's the other thing. Because I'm working a lot, it doesn't mean that um, I have all this income coming in either. A lot of it is free consultations to give people some information and some clients have been trickling in as well. So still doing good. I, ha I have to be thankful for that. But this week and on the unusual side, I actually physically had to go into court. So on um, Friday, I was told that the hearing that I had on Tuesday was going to be telephonic. So I sent in my exhibits over the email just like the opposing counsel did, um, sent over to the court a thumb drive of videos, like all these things that I needed for a telephonic appearance. And then on Monday, I called the court to say, hey, how do you want us to do this? Is there a call-in number? Am I required to set up a call-in number? Is opposing counsel required? Like, what's going on with this? And then um, in the a shock of my life, the clerk says, the judge decided there's just too much in this case, too many exhibits. Um, the judge wants you to come in on Tuesday. And I was beside myself. And actually, you know what? I'm getting my timing wrong. This announcement was made to me on Monday morning. I sent in or on Tuesday morning, the day of the hearing, uh, the day of a 1.30 hearing. This announcement was made to me on Tuesday morning. So over Friday and Monday, I was like getting everything into the court, following up with the court, like all of that. And then on Tuesday, just called in for a check-in, like before the hearing was coming up. And the clerk says, judge decided she wants everybody to come in. And I like couldn't believe it. I was, um, luckily I'd already like taken a shower, but I was dressed fairly casually. I was planning to be at the office um, for the day. I've been doing this thing where even when I'm doing telephonic meetings, I alternate. It's not every day, but sometimes I'll put on a, you know, a pair of dress pants and a top just to feel like I'm a person instead of going in every day in uh, exercise leggings and a t-shirt, which is mostly what I've been wearing since all of this has started. So I ran home, threw on a suit talked to my husband like I was so upset my sister-in-law gave me a pair of gloves which were not even medical gloves they were gloves that are like what the people at Subway make those like bigger plastic gloves so it looked like I was making a sandwich and then my client said we have some medical masks and we'll bring you one so I was like very grateful about that so get to the court and you can't just walk into the court anymore basically the court has always been open to the public. 
the entire time that I have been in practice, there hasn't been anything where you can't, I mean, obviously you have to go through security, but where you can't just go in and you could probably spend the whole day at the court popping in and out of hearings, um, sitting on a bench in the hallway, like it, you could spend the whole day there. I don't know why you'd want to, but you could presumably it's open to the public and, um, they stop you at the door. Now there's a couple courts that are closed down completely. And then the court that I was at security is at the door before you even walk in. There's a big sign that says, if you're displaying any symptoms, don't come in. You have to identify why you're there. So I identified I was there for a hearing. Security was like, how are you here for a hearing? I said, well, I am. Go ask this court. They will tell you I am here for a hearing. So they had to, um, you know, go talk to the clerk. And then they let us all in. And um, the clerk comes out, a different clerk comes out and she says, because here's the other thing. Oftentimes when I have a hearing, I meet with the client early at the court and there's benches and there's tables and you can talk to your client and kind of just touch base before the hearing begins. And even if we've been touching base all week, a lot of the times the client just wants that little extra contact before you go into court because the court can be nerve wracking. So we all get in there and the clerk comes out and she says, y'all have to wait outside until 10 minutes before the hearing. We're not letting you in, even though we're requiring you to be here for the hearing. Because you're here half an hour early, go back outside. I had actually had some filings in another case. So I told my clients, I'll meet you back outside. I'm going to file these things. And you can file things, like you can still come in. But even when you're filing things, they kind of ask you, like, what is it? And and they try to find out if it can be done in the Dropbox rather than you coming in and meeting with the clerk. But if you have a filing that requires a filing fee, uh, requires getting a certified copy, those sorts of things um, will, they will let you in. They'll also let you in for an emer emergency matters. Emergency matters are mainly going to be family law matters or matters like an order of protection or injunction against harassment, where you can go in, get in front of a judge, and the judge will issue some sort of order based on, on your matter. Um, so you can get in for those things as well. I'm not sure what the judicial staffing is like, like what judges are there and what judges aren't there. Um, that's something I'm not privy to, but I um, understand that there's at least one judge there to handle emergency matters. I think other judges, too, may be there doing their telephonic hearings. I don't think a lot of them are doing that from home, but they may be. I mean, that's kind of one of the things that you don't know. Um, so uh, we went in, and the judge said, I have too many other hearings going on today, most of them telephonic, so I'm going to have you come back on Thursday. And so we left after all that and then went back on Thursday, resolved the hearing, and now I should be out of court until May 8th. So I'm glad to get that done. 
at least it gave me a person like trying to see the bright side of things because I was not happy to be there. Um, but I'll have to say after the first day when I was was there, I realized that the court was not running at capacity. It wasn't like there were people coming and going and there was all sorts of hearings. It was um, a skeleton crew working at the court and for litigants, um, like I said, a handful of people who are allowed to come in and do filings. I saw another small group of people who were there for another hearing that I believe was after us on Tuesday. So I thought, okay, this makes me feel somewhat secure that there's not, you know, tens of thousands of people coming and going in this building every day. It's probably... I'd have to imagine it's probably more safer than the grocery store, even though, of course, like everybody else, trying to avoid the store as much as possible. But every once in a while, like physically have to go into the store. Okay. Oh, here, here's a maybe a bright side of the coin. Traffic. There's no traffic. More people driving than I than I thought would be. I actually thought the roads would be very empty there but there's there's traffic but you're not sitting in traffic there was a couple of times that I was in like prime rush hour traffic and um it never ever had to slow down or anything like everyone was moving along because there's just not that many cars out there I've heard that I think the statistic I heard was traffic was down 30%. Um, although I would imagine, at least from what I saw, I would say it had to have been at least 50%. It was a lot more open than what I would expect. Another bright side of the coin was um, we haven't been doing too much takeout. And so on the two days that I went to court, I went to some restaurants and picked up some food um, and brought it back to the house just as like a little bit of a treat. I do have concerns, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, like bringing in something from the outside. But I also figure you can't resolve everything. You can't protect yourself from everything. <coughs> Excuse me. So on the first day after court, I picked up two orders, Yard House and Flower Child. They're both at the Desert Ridge Marketplace, which the court is near. So I went there. And then the second day I brought home bagels and sandwiches. So I gave everybody a, a little bit of a treat. So I'll, I'll have to say this, there's been no Netflix binges for me. Um, but it's, it's going all right. It's still busy. Like I said, trying to be thankful. Um, but, you know, what can you do? I, through all of this, and this is kind of a prediction, because wondering like what life will go back to once this is all over, I think we will see things change quite a bit. I think the days of lots of conferences that you travel to, I think those are going to be diminished greatly. I think travel for work is going to be diminished greatly. Um, I think depositions that are in person 
will also go down. I think in-person court hearings will go down. And I think that to the extent that courts have withheld some aspects of electronic filings, like there's some things that you can't file electronically. Like in Superior Court, you can't open a new case electronically. You can't file electronically in Justice Court. Um, So there's a variety of things where you can't do electric filings. I think that the courts are going to step up to change a lot of this to electronic. I think that government agencies are going to change to more electronic submissions instead of having you sit in the lobbies of buildings like at the DMV. I noticed that the DMV um, has already said that the travel licenses are not required for a whole nother year until October 2021. So I think there's just going to be more and more things like that where things were required and they won't be required or you were required to be in there in person and they won't be required. I think a lot of people are going to opt for Zoom meetings and telephone meetings instead of going and traveling to the other person's office. I'll tell you and and you've heard my podcast if you if you've been listening that over the last 2 years many times a year I travel for conferences. Throughout the weeks, I am in court, sometimes up to five days a week. And then often I'm at other attorneys' offices or other clients' offices for different things. And I think this will diminish greatly, Um, at least for a while, you know, until people really start to feel comfortable about being in groups of people again. All right. So I want to talk about the weekend a little bit. Um, talking about, so I talked about work, but kind of what I'm doing on the keeping myself sane and trying to have some fun and some pleasure side of it all. So I've still kept up my walk on Saturday. And for the first time ever, I brought my grandson with in his stroller, of course, he's just a baby for my long walk. I wasn't really sure if it would be okay, like if it would be too long for him, because my long walk is just over two hours, it's uh, five miles. Usually I kind of stop and sit on benches and, and take my time. Um, but he really liked it. He slept a giant chunk of it. The weather was beautiful. And when he was up, he was just kind of chatting, like just babbling. And I think in my mind, he was telling me what he was seeing and just being very, very cute. Then when I got back, I took a long bath, like a long, long bath. Um, I'm finding that being in a house where everyone lives, where we have, um, you know, all three of my daughters, two are adults and my grandchild as well. It's hard to get some quiet time. So in the bath is a place where I can do it. Also, um, the Saturday walk is rough on me. And so I just thought soaking will feel great. Um, another thing that I can have some quiet time for when I'm in the bath is just reading and working. I brought work papers that I needed to read that had been kind of every time I went somewhere. If I went to the office or when I came home, I just kept bringing these same papers with me over and over again. 
couple of business periodicals, some of my regular periodicals, and I wasn't getting anywhere. So I was able to get through a lot of this in the tub. And I wanted to pamper myself for a while because on Saturday night, we had prom at my house. My two oldest daughters never went to prom, so they said, let's have a prom. And we just got <coughs> dressed up, put on music. We were dancing. We did pictures. We had props. And I was I put out some appetizers. I kept thinking that I would cook at some point. But we were having a little bit of Prosecco and some other drinks and, you know, Nobody felt like cooking at that point. So we got some Olive Garden takeout and my husband went and picked it up. Here's, I don't know if, it, I, I think a lot of people are, are dealing with like takeout now. And a lot of the restaurants are pushing it in an attempt to keep some business going. Here's the thing I've noticed. It doesn't work great. The... There's always something missing. From Olive Garden, they missed an entire entree that I paid for. They didn't put in any silverware. There was a checklist on the receipt, which you can see is for the person who packs the bag, where it says silverware, napkins, um, breadsticks, mints, like all the kind of things you get at Olive Garden. Most of that wasn't in there. So we called and they said they were going to adjust my bill and take some money off. But we'll see. I mean, it may not be adjusted and then that's another call that I have to make. So I think with the with the orders, taking a look at the orders may be a good idea. But here's the problem with that. If you're one person picking it up, you probably don't know exactly what is missing or it's one of those things until you start to eat, you don't know what's missing. Like when you open up the bag and you're like, hey, there's no silverware in here. Or there's five breadsticks for eight people. You know, things like that. Um, you're not like realizing it until you're really sitting down to eat. So I think that's going to be a work in progress. But I just throw that out there as if you're getting an order, you know, maybe take a second look. Uh, I've had not great luck on my orders so far. Today's Easter Sunday. I'm recording this on Easter Sunday. I'll tell you what we're doing for Easter. We celebrate Easter, number one. The Easter Bunny came for my daughters and my grandson, and they got baskets and little gifts, and they were happy. And again, my two daughters, two of them are, one is uh, 26, and she's having a baby, and one's 21 and having a baby. But the Easter Bunny still came for them this year. I did um, online church services. I um, did a sunrise service, and my grandson was up for breakfast. So I had it on while he was sitting there. And it was music and stuff, so like he, I think he was able to enjoy it a little bit. And then I watched another one um, later at 8.30. I also was working all morning. I know I've said it in my last couple of podcasts, but the work has been weird. Like I'm sort of working all the time and at different hours, just whenever I can do it. Um, sometimes it's early. For, for me, I'm a person who works better in 
the morning. So I like to get up early when the sun's just coming up and get a fresh start. And I would rather be done earlier in the day if possible, which doesn't always work. So I've also been working more on weekends, um, you know, just getting in these little extra slivers of time when I can to try to keep to keep myself um, and my clients still in a good place with whatever their cases are. Uh, we're going to have an Easter meal in a little bit. Uh, when I get done with this podcast, I'm going to get dressed and cleaned up and start cooking. My um, parents won't be joining me. My brother and his family won't be joining me. My father-in-law, we're all separated in Last year, we were all together, a group of 17 or 18 of us. There's a, a big group, and now we can't be. That's tough. I um, went to my mom's house yesterday and just brought her a little bit of toilet paper and some paper towels, just sharing sharing a package that I was able to get, and um, brought over her and I trade magazines, like the ones I read I give to her and you know, vice versa with her. Dropped those off and, and brought her some tulips and just kind of waved to her from her front door. And I almost started crying. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is so rough. Like, how can you not go in and, like, give your mom a hug? And I know so many people are struggling with that. It's it's really hard. Um, all right. I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple things that I'm streaming, some recommendations, and a book that I just finished. Sprint gave me free Apple TV, and they have some shows on Apple TV that I wanted to watch, particularly The Morning Show. That's the name of the show, The Morning Show. Also, as a, an aside, Sprint also gave me a subscription to Tidal, which is T-I-D-A-L. It's the Jay-Z streaming service, you know, similar to um, Apple Music or uh, Paid Pandora, that sort of thing. So between Apple TV and Tidal, that's like $15 a month. Um, they give you free Hulu too, but the, it's the commercial version. And my daughter has the uh, premium version of Hulu, so I'm able to share that with her. But still, like a nice benefit. Like I've been very, very happy with um, Sprint so far. And I'll tell you, not happy with um, canceling Verizon. I'm like really, really glad I switched over. Not only was Verizon at least double of what I'm paying at Sprint for the same service, but with um, newer phones. I had older phones with Verizon and would have had to pay a lot more money. If I would have got new phones, if I would have stayed on my plan and got new phones, my bill would be over three times of what I'm paying now. It's it's ridiculous. Like it's something that my sister in law said I was a change I needed to make for a long time, but I was so worried about like changing the phones and will the numbers transport and what about my information and just like all the things you worry about and I don't have time for this and um she actually helped me with it. And so that's very good. And now we all have these new phones that we love and the sprint service works really well. Whereas the Verizon service did not work well. There were many times that my calls would cut off in certain areas. And um, I don't know, Verizon I thought used to be the best and it just really isn't feeling like that to me. 
and having these little benefits of Apple TV and Tidal and Hulu, that's really, really nice. Anyways, <laughs> the show I want to talk about is The Morning Show. This is a show that stars Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, and Reese Witherspoon, and many others, like many others. So um, Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston were hosts of a morning show. Um, it's called The Morning Show, it, like um, the Today Show. And Steve Carell plays like a Matt Lauer type character who is disgraced in a sex scandal. He's excellent oh my god he's excellent and Jennifer Aniston is so different and I have to say I think she gets under underestimated sometimes because she's racial from friends but she's a really good actress she has roles that throughout the years that are so different and on um the morning show it's it's much different she's not Rachel from friends and within this TV show, she's different. So she's the on-camera morning person personality, which you can imagine. But then beyond the camera, behind the camera, she's this real flawed person. And there's tons of different um, other actors in this movie or in this TV show. I'm just starting. I just finished the third episode. And in the third episode, Martin Short showed up as a Woody Allen type character. And basically, Steve Carell gets booted from the morning show. And how does this affect him? How does it affect Jennifer Aniston? And then Reese Witherspoon becomes her new co-host. I thought, I, I knew the show was a drama, but when you see those three actors together, you figure maybe it's going to be more like a farce. No, it's deep and it's kind of dark and it's great. And I believe Jennifer Aniston won maybe like a Golden Globe for it. If she didn't, she should have. It. She's very, very good in this show. I finished reading The Glass Hotel this week. I loved the beautiful writing. And it has an ending that was just right. A lot of endings don't hit the mark. Like they try to do something like super large and it just doesn't fit with the whole tone of the book. The backstory is of a fictional Bernie Madoff type character. It uses almost the exact elements of his Ponzi scheme and different things that happened in court and with his confession and with the investors. A lot of that was almost detail by detail and I've read a few of the Bernie Madoff books so I could pick them out. And I think that's the ticket using a real story and then building from that. I wish I was creative and could think of something like that. As I was reading the um, Glass Hotel, I'm like, oh my gosh, I read so many books on Bernie Madoff. Like, couldn't I have come up with this? But I, I can't write that beautifully. And then, of course, like the morning show, taking something, you know, it it's not a biopic. It's not, this is the story of Matt Lauer. But it very much has the... Um, undertones of his story and taking it and building this whole fictional world just so creative I feel like once we're all done with this COVID-19 crisis and I and I hope we will be soon I believe there'll be a slew of stories that come out where people will have fictional stories around this um, non-fiction event okay
Happy Easter. I'm going to close up for today. You can find my podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes under Florence Legally Brunette Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram on Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette, on Facebook under my personal name, and um, my um, law office Facebook page, Law Office of Florence Brummer. You can find me on my website at brummerlaw.com. If you want to contribute to the show you can contribute on patreon and soundcloud there's a link on both for contributions thank you so much i'll be back next week with i'm sure it'll be covid part five but in the meantime everyone stay safe and well and i look forward to the day that um, i'm not talking about this anymore thanks bye-bye